Among the many things most of us have heard over the last several years, we need to be working on our business, not in our business. But what does working on our business mean, and how often should we be doing it? Stay tuned to find out. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. So this question comes from a member of my group program, which, by the way, you can check out for free by shooting an email to hello at serviceindustrysuccess.com and just saying, hey, I'd like to check out your group at no charge. Anyhow, this member, we will call him, we'll call him Nate, asked, so I've heard from many people that I should be working on my business rather than in my business. What exactly does that mean and how often should I be doing it? So you know your business better than I do for sure. You don't need me telling you how to, how to run your business. No question about that. But let's talk about what it means to work on your business, not in your business. So working on your business to me means doing things only the business owner can do. These are things like setting the direction, putting measures in place to meet industry or customer demands and expectations. It might mean making marketing decisions. These are things that you, no matter where your business is at, these are the things that only you can do. Sometimes it means uh, doing things with hiring or deciding what kind of ads you're going to place. Again, we're, you know, marketing things are oftentimes in the beginning for sure. These are things that the business owner does. And I kind of like to use the cruise ship analogy. So imagine we're the captain of our cruise ship. The business is our cruise ship and we're the captain. The captain's got to be on the bridge a certain amount of time. Not every moment. If you've been on a cruise, you've seen that one of the things you can buy is a is dinner with the captain in, in the evenings. So it's not as though the captain of our cruise ship or the business owner in our company can't be doing other things sometimes. Of course, we're that's that's part of our role is to be doing a variety of things. But we can't spend all of our time in engineering repairing the broken seal on the cruise ship engine or whatever's in the engineering department they might be fixing. We can't be in housekeeping figuring out what shapes to fold those towels in every morning. We can't also be in the uh, concierge desk booking the client excursions and also being in the galley or in the kitchen planning the menu for tomorrow night. Somebody has to be in charge of the overall operation. Now, while we can check in on those things, of course, we might want, if there's a major problem in engineering, we probably want to find out about it. We might ask the, the chief engineer what's going on. We might even go to engineering and take a look for ourselves. We might pop into housekeeping, see how things are going. We might stop by the concierge desk, but we can't be the person doing all those things in all those departments at once. And we certainly can't be doing those, all those things at once and be the person in charge of the cruise ship. Somebody has to be in charge of the overall operation. And what that means will obviously change as your company grows. In the beginning, when you only have a couple of employees, this could be things like making branding decisions. What's my logo going to be? What's my tagline going to be? What are our company colors going to be? 
these are things that you're not going to necessarily delegate to your first hire. You might get their opinion. You might ask them, what do you think? Even if you have a few employees, you might say, hey, what do you think about this tagline? Does this suit our customer? What do you think of this logo? Get their opinions. But ultimately, the decision is going to be yours. It's your company. It's your business. You're not going to delegate that kind of stuff to the employees. And on the other end of the spectrum, when you have, let's say, over 50 employees, your role is training your leadership team. How, are, how do you want these, these group of people who are going to run the company, how do you want them to make decisions? What criteria will they use to make decisions? How will they, they decide you know, what level of force or uh, coercion or um, coaching or teaching to, to motivate and, and get people to do what we need them to do? How do you want them to go about that? There's a methodology to do that, and you're going to want them to do it in the way that represents the culture you want to develop. You'll also, when you have over 50 employees, be staying on top of legal concerns. Those are things that you are not likely to want to delegate to somebody else. Risk factors, financial metrics, customer demand responsiveness indicators, like what's our lead time? If the industry standard is we have to have next day availability and we're booking four days out, that's a problem. That is not something we're going to delegate to an employee to figure out in many cases. There's exceptions. But in most cases, these are the kinds of things that when you have a number of employees and leadership team, these are things that the business owner is going to largely take responsibility for. So no matter what stage your business is in, these are things that only the business owner can take of, uh, take care of. Uh, real quick before I move on, no matter how you're taking this, conf- this information in right now, I need you to do something for me. And I, and I would really mean a lot. And I hope you'll do me this favor. In everything I do with podcasting and videos I put out, I'm essentially playing a game of Brian versus the algorithm. The only way I can reach more people is to get the algorithms to see that this content gets interaction in the form of likes, subscribes, comments, reviews, ratings, all that stuff. So if you're listening to an audio podcast, while you're listening, grab your phone and just click on the subscribe or follow button. Share it with a friend. If you're, uh, or you can leave a rating review. If you're watching on video, Rumble or YouTube, Click that little thumbs up button on the bottom bottom left of the video if you're on Rumble or the bottom center if you're on YouTube. Leave a comment. Even if you think what I'm saying is absolutely nuts, you can just say, this is absolute nonsense. Or you can say something like horse pickles. It doesn't matter. It just takes two seconds to engage. So the hamsters in the cloud will know someone else is paying attention to this and thinks it's uh, worthy enough to comment on. And they'll show it to somebody else. That's how this stuff works. I really don't like having to ask. I kind of feel bad having to ask for this stuff, but this is how it works. This is the game we're playing. It's Brian versus the algorithm. And the only way other people are going to get to see this stuff is if you who are listening right now will help me out just a little bit, take two seconds, click on the thumbs up, click on the subscribe, leave a comment, leave a rating review, that kind of stuff. Anyhow, thank you very much for doing that. I really do appreciate it. So now that we know what we mean by working on our business, not in our business, the next part of the question from Nate was, how often should I be doing it? And there's a couple ways I have and would, again, look at this. So, again, we're talking about, you know, these are things that only I can be doing. But also, another way I looked at this was there was that no matter where our business is, from the first time we had an employee, you know, in our first employee, you know, this is back in 2011, I guess, 2012. Once we have employees, there are certain things that we need to delegate to employees so we can focus on other things. And one of the rules I adopted fairly early on was, I think it started out as the $15 an hour rule, and then it went on to the $20 an hour rule, and it went on to the $25 an hour rule, but the rule's the same. And, the, and it basically goes like this. If I can hire somebody to do this task, I'll just say $20 an hour, 
because it makes more sense than 15 nowadays for sure. If I could hire somebody for $20 an hour to do this task, I should not be doing this. Because if I'm doing an $18 an hour task, I'm not being the cruise ship captain. I'm being a helper in engineering. And that means nobody's steering the ship. And I'm not doing anybody a favor, least of all of my employees, if I'm not paying attention to where the ship's going. That is not only my, my responsibility uh, or my, my um, responsibility, it's my obligation to my employees. Like if I'm not keeping the ship from running ashore, we all have problems. So it kind of is one of those things that for some folks, a little counterintuitive feels like, Hey, we're, we're, we're putting ourselves above the employees or we're, we're looking at like, we're not willing to do these things. And first of all, I never asked somebody to do something I wasn't willing to do. I promise you, I swept the floors more often than people I employed in the beginning for sure. I did the things that nobody else wanted to do because I did have a, a, a feeling that that was the stuff that I should be doing. And simultaneously, I had a responsibility to the entire organization, including the people who trusted me with their livelihood, to make sure that the company was heading in a positive direction. And I was the only, the only way I could do that is by doing that. The only way I could do those things is by taking the time to do it. And I can't do those things and be doing all the other stuff as well. So for me, the rule was, you know, if I could hire somebody for 20 bucks an hour to do this job, I should not be doing it. I might, my time is better spent doing things that only I can do. So that's, that's something I would be uh, recommending everyone look at is any task you're doing. I mean, any task you're doing, is this something I could pay somebody 20 bucks or whatever your number is, might be 25, might be 22, might be 18, whatever it is, whatever your number is, once you settle upon that number, is this something I could pay somebody 20 bucks an hour or less to do? If the answer is yes, I should not be doing this, at least not for long. I should have a plan to get this this task ready to hand off to somebody else, whatever that means. And there's different, you know, different tasks have different levels of preparedness we need to take on to hand that to somebody. But I need to be mindful that this is something I shouldn't be doing long-term if it, if it falls under that threshold. The next thing, uh, the next way I would look at it separate from that is kind of this minimum acceptable dosage approach. And I'm going to talk with you my stages here and, um, if you have no idea what I'm talking about the stages, go to serviceindustryguide.com. Get your free copy of the Service Industry Success Path that walks you through all the stuff I'm about to talk about. So stage one, basically, the way what real quick what that is, is I break businesses down from stage one when you you know start out inception of the business to stage five where you're exiting, you're selling, you're, you're putting your succession plan in place, whatever. So stage one is when you're starting. Stage five is when you're exiting. In stage one... This kind of business owner working on your business, not in your business, is not so much applicable when you have no employees, especially because you're doing everything. You can't stop working in your business because you have no way to delegate to. You are the business. When you first start out, like there's th- this whole concept does not really apply when you don't have people to delegate to. You, you have to be working in your business when you have nobody else because you are the business. So, if you're in stage one, if you're just starting out, when you hear this work on your business, not in your business, just know that's, that's something to strive for, something to plan for, but that's not something you're going to apply today necessarily. At the other, other end of the spectrum, by stages four and five, when you have a leadership team in place, you really should not be doing any of the revenue producing tasks anymore. You should not be doing any of the administrative stuff anymore. You have a leadership team in place who now is overseeing all the people doing the things that bring in money. The thing that the, the tasks that get the bills paid and bring in dollars, like physically deposit checks into your checking account, you know, sending 
booking calls, dispatching, whatever that process looks like for you. In stages four and five, you have a leadership team now that you're teaching that oversees the people to do those things. So it's not really applicable in stages four and five anymore because you're teaching the leadership team by then, or it should be. So you really should not be doing revenue-producing tasks anymore in stages four and five. So really, this, this working on your business, not in your business, is most applicable in stages two and three. So from the time you have your first employee until you have a leadership team firmly in place that you're now focusing on training that leadership team, that gap is where this is mostly applicable. So in stage two, well, again, this is, this is generally speaking after you've hired your first few employees, I would say you want to be spending 20%, you know, one full day a week, eight to 10 hours a week. If you're working 50 hours a week, 10 hours a week would be about right. If you're working 40 hours a week, eight hours a week would be right, right. If you're working 70 hours a week, maybe you're only at that 10 hours a week, whatever. But somewhere around that 20% mark for me is kind of a, a, a loose benchmark that I would be comfortable saying this could be generally applicable for most businesses. Again, 20% of my time in stage two doing only the things or the things that only I as a business owner can do. Now, what it means for you and that, you know, again, there, there's tons of things that you'll know for your business. You know your business way better than I do. It doesn't make any sense for me to try to explain those things in detail here, but you will know these are the things I just don't, this is not something I would delegate something to an, or this task to an employee. This is not a responsibility I should give up as a business owner. And this is not a responsibility I'm willing to delegate to somebody else. This, this is too crucial to our business for me to delegate. If it's one of those things, at least 20% of my time should be doing that that stuff in stage two when I have at least a few employees. In stage three, now we're talking about uh, we have several employees. We have some leadership team in place at least. We have at least a couple of managers or key decision makers some kind of support staff, like stage three, you're able to take a vacation, you know, and the company still runs. Uh, that would be a, a simple way to, to describe, generally speaking, what stage three would be like if you don't have that service industry success path. In stage three, I would be able to aim to be spending at least 50% of your time being the cruise ship captain and moving towards 75%, knowing that in stage four, I need to be fully remo removed from doing things you should hire people to do. You know, by stage four, I mean, my, my, it's not $20 an hour anymore. Now it's, you know, $40 an hour, maybe whatever. So knowing that in stage four, I need to be the cruise ship captain and I have the engine, you know, the person in charge of engineering, I have the person in charge of housekeeping, I have the person in charge of the galley, I have a person in charge of the, the concierge desk. And I have, per, you know, people in, I have managers that now are reporting to me. I, I, I'm only working on my business. There is no working in my business except for occasionally I might have to be the person to fire an employee. I might sit in on interviews once in a while. I might jump in and answer a phone once in a while, but these are fleeting things. No different than the cruise ship captain stopping in the kitchen to see, Hey, what's for dinner tonight? How's things going? Blah, blah, blah. That kind of thing. The cruise ship captain is not donning an apron and busting out the paring knife and, and carving apples. <laughs> so same kind of thing here. Stage four, I'm the cruise ship captain. I have leaders in place. Stage one, I don't have anybody at all. It's just me, maybe one or two employees. So stage two, I'm looking at 20% minimum. Stage three, again, my business is, is able to run while I take a vacation. I'd be looking around 50% of my time. Moving towards by the end of stage three, I need to be at 75% of my time 
working on my business, not in my business, preparing myself for stage four where I'm fully removed. So I hope that makes sense. Uh, The first thing we got to do here is begin asking ourselves with everything we're doing, is this something only I can do or is this something I should hire somebody to do? Even if you don't have the ability to delegate now, or even if you don't have the ability to hire somebody to delegate to at this time, identifying the things you can and should delegate is much of the battle. Just becoming aware of, yep, this is something I should delegate or no, this is something that is so crucial and so critical that I have to own this and just getting clear on that. And in the beginning of our assessment of that, we're going to be wrong sometimes. You know, quite frankly, we're going to, we're going to overestimate the importance of some things and underestimate the importance of others. And just getting a handle on working through as we're doing things, as our business is growing, as our confidence and competence in different things is changing, that constant assessment. Is this something only I can do or is this something I should delegate? Then it's just a matter of making a commitment and holding yourself accountable to step into the discomfort of doing things that you're not going to be naturally good at, but which are required to be the captain of your cruise ship. You're not going to be good at things like accounting. You're not going to be good at things like, you know, writing procedures and delegating and giving up control. But these are things that are absolutely required to be the cruise ship captain, to be the the business owner of your company. These are things that are required. So much of it, again, is just asking yourself everything you're doing. This thing I'm doing right now, this thing I've been doing for the last 20 minutes, is this something only I can do as a business owner? Or is this something I can and should someday delegate to somebody else? Whatever threshold you want to use, again, the, the $20 an hour rule worked really well for me. I, I it, was, it was critical in helping me understand very quickly, this is something I should delegate. Help me make a list. Like I just began making lists. Here's something I shouldn't be doing anymore. I shouldn't be, whatever this task is, it's like $17 an hour task. I, here's my list of things I should not be doing anymore. I, just be, I literally just began to create a list. And that worked well for me. So hopefully that works well for you. Um. For those of you in Washington State, I will be speaking along with professional keynote speaker Nancy Giacalone. If you've heard of her, she's really good. And Bob Donegan, the president and CEO of Ivers. Yes, that Ivers, Ivers Seafood, on May 4th at the McGavick Center in Lakewood. Get your tickets at southsoundbusinesssummit.com. Tickets are only 47 bucks. Just hearing Bob Donegan talk about the 13 principles Ivers used to navigate the COVID lockdowns is well worth $47. Like, that company is 100 and something years old, and they use these 13 principles to get through arguably the biggest disaster they've ever had to face in their company's entire history. It, that's worth 47 bucks alone. That guy's awesome. Get your tickets at South Sound Business Summit today. Uh, yeah, SouthSoundBusinessSummit.com today. Also, don't forget Brian versus the algorithm. Subscribe, share, rating, review, thumbs up, little icon if you're watching the video, comment. All those things are super helpful. Again, help me get this, uh, get these helpful tips in front of as many business owners as possible. You never know what little nugget's going to help somebody change their, their business ownership journey for the better. I really appreciate your help with that stuff. SouthSoundBusinessSummit.com. Check that out if you're in Washington. And uh, that's it for this week. And I'll see you all next week. <music>